0: Welcome. I'm Peggy Caruso, host of the Revolutionized podcast. I am the owner of Life Coaching and Beyond executive and personal development coach. I am an eight-time entrepreneur and an author of four books. My latest book was released. It's called Take the First Shot. And a lot of you who listen all the time on the show, uh, you're very familiar how we work. I have very interesting guests. get a lot of people who want them to come back as repeat guests. So today our interesting guest is Mike, and I am going to let him introduce himself. Uh, Hi, Mike. Hi,
1: Peggy. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here.
0: Oh, I loved it. Why don't you tell the audience um, who you are, a little bit about yourself, and why you're here?
1: Sure. So I spent almost thirty years um, working my way, or maybe climbing my way up the corporate ladder, and I had a, a series of wonderful opportunities. Uh, starting from graduate MBA degree from Wharton, became a CPA ultimately becoming the chief operating officer of a $2 billion business, so life was really good. But along the way, the company that was I was managing or running uh, had some issues, legal issues, and ultimately the company got in trouble and I got in trouble uh, for something that's called a responsible corporate officer, Now we can talk about that in a moment. But I was held responsible for actions that happened in lower levels of the organization that I didn't know about. And ultimately, I received a nine-month prison sentence for the, it was a misdemeanor. So I ended up going to prison for nine months for a misdemeanor. And but that's only part of the story. Uh, along the way, I had stumbled upon yoga um, during my business world as. Uh, dealing with stress and back issues, and had an opportunity to study deeply yoga. And those two worlds came together while I was incarcerated. So I started multiple yoga programs uh, in two two prisons that I was housed at. And ultimately, uh, coming out of that experience, I ended up turning down some pretty lucrative job uh, offers to start a nonprofit called the Transformation Yoga Project. And we now go back into prison voluntarily to work with incarcerated men to provide these practical tools for helping them or supporting them as they navigate life's challenges, both inside a prison and when they're released back to the community. And so along the way, I wrote a book called Going Om. It's the CEO self-discovery behind bars. And interestingly, I still keep a one foot in the business world because I also work with executives about what it is to be responsible as a corporate officer and how to live a full and balanced life, both professionally and personally. It's a mouthful.
0: Well, This is so interesting. I have a million questions. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) I'm never at a loss of words, but it's such an interesting story. And, you know, I talk a lot about, you know, a lot of people, when you are in business for yourself, they think you're successful. And I say all the time, it wasn't always like that. I also had a lot of, you know, I did, of course, I didn't go to prison, but I've had a lot of um, heartaches in my life. I've had a lot of setbacks and lost my life savings. And, you know, my sister took her life. And so, you you find ways to to keep rolling. How did you find the the willpower to keep going when you were in prison without getting yourself so down? Was it because of the yoga and the relaxation meditation part?
1: Yes, uh, it was a combination of things, Peggy. Uh, the what I would tell you is the the wheels of justice, or or I guess somewhat would argue the wheels of injustice, they, they turn slowly, and so I had a lot of time to think about this, and so. There was years that went by uh, while, while I was waiting for sentencing to even understand if I was, first of all, going to be charged, and then when I was charged, when I would be sentenced and if I would go to prison. And so that period was a, a opportunity for deep reflection, and that's when I became a yoga instructor. I ended up going to a Buddhist monastery for a little while uh, and studied deeply uh, different forms of meditation. And so the day I was sentenced, uh, I felt I had the tools necessary to, to deal with that, and I came up with a mantra, and I'm not a mantra guy at all, Sanskrit kinds of things. I, it's not really, it doesn't really resonate with me, but I ended up coming up with a mantra that, that stuck with me. And the mantra was three simple words, joy, surrender, and true self. And that mantra carried me through. I repeated it, gosh, every day before sentencing. And then while I was incarcerated, every morning I woke up and I said, you need to find a way to have joy in this moment surrendering to the fact that, hey, I didn't want to be in prison, that's for sure. But I was in prison. There's nothing I could do about it. And so once you release the idea of control, you surrender to that, then you can be open up to the experience and take that in without being overly bitter or feel like you're a victim. And then finally, true self was, I felt that during my last few years as a corporate executive, I was a, I was a pleaser. And so I was felt like I was pleasing everybody but myself. And so I said, this is really a wake-up call to be true to myself. So I was going to, even though I was incarcerated, I would certainly not put myself in harm's way, but I was going to try to be myself and not be some fake person to try to get by. And, and that was really powerful for me, but, but I think others along the way kind of tapped into that vibe. And so I was able to, to navigate the process and to, to actually develop some deep friendships while I was there.
0: You know, what I think I love the most about your story is, even though my story is so different, it relates to different things in my life that went wrong. And you do go through a stage where you want to blame somebody else or other circumstances, or maybe somebody you're afraid to say what happened because somebody might not understand. But I really like that because once you do kind of like the surrender part of it, it it helps you come in tune with your true self. So I truly love that. I think that's super powerful. And I love the fact that you not only help the ones who are incarcerated, and they're not all bad. And I love the fact that you can teach corporate people how to safeguard their self. See, that's that's what I do in life. And I think that's part of what makes me a good executive and personal development coach. It's, It's those things that we experience in life that are negatives that help us turn it to be a positive for someone else. Like today is unfortunately, The anniversary of my dad and my sister both died on April fifteenth. Oh my
1: gosh! On the
0: same day, Mm -hmm. my sister took her life, and and uh, four years later, my dad ended up dying a a death that really tore my family apart. So it was a very difficult thing, Um, and it's totally different from your situation. But I do believe that everything kind of relates. To someone else's story so
1: well here, here's what i would tell you that that's a great point and i, and I appreciate you kind of tying into you, to your life uh, experiences because i think that there is a similarity the first thing i would just maybe take a step back and it's just maybe because i'm sensitive about it but I, you made the comment about that they're not all bad i, I would actually flip that saying the, the vast majority are really good people they've committed crimes and most people right there's of course some innocent people who are, in, who are in the prison system but by and large um i would say there's a lot of good in people um and sometimes good people do bad things and i think we have and, and some of us have done more work than others to to kind of get to that point where we feel like we can be comfortable in our own skin and, and live a productive life even while you're incarcerated so this is a, a nit there but 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 the thing thing I would mention to you is, here's what I I would say is that in your situation and probably my situation, you get to a point where I always say you see things in black and white, meaning that you don't have a choice. You have to make a decision. And so in my case, while I was incarcerated, I had to make a decision: Am I going to make the best of the situation, or am I going to let the uh, system overtake me and become, if you will, institutionalized? And so, when you have that decision, it's kind of a yes and no, black and white decision. Yes, I'm going to make the best of the situation. But in everyday life, when we're just kind of getting through a job or a, a relationship, it isn't always black and white. It can be gray. And so, you might be in a job that's not fulfilling. You're unhappy in that job, but you say, "Well, you know, the money's good." And, you know, I I need to, I need to support my family. So I'm just going to suck it up and take this job that doesn't make me happy or fulfilled. Or you're in a relationship that's not necessarily a loving relationship, but it's not abusive. It's okay. And you might have, may have kids. And so you say, well, I'm just going to stay in this relationship because of the kids. And, but you're not really fulfilled. That's sort of what I, what I call living in the gray zone. And what I would express maybe in your situation when you had that severe trauma. You're not in the gray zone anymore. You're in the, you're in the rubbery throat. I may, I need to make a decision. Am I going to have resilience? Am I going to be resilient and deal with this? Or am I going to let it overwhelm me and have an impact my life down the road? And I think it takes these traumatic events, whether it's in the situation of going to prison, uh, or it's dealing with some really tr- traumatic personal or family issues. I think that's where the growth can actually be. And it sounds like that's that's how you faced it too at that point.
0: Yes, I love that because it is Mm -hmm. everything you're saying is mirrored in my life um, from me raising my kids financially by myself with no child support, making minimum wage or, you know, climbing that corporate ladder and trying to get out there and own those eight businesses. It wasn't always easy. So I've had a lot of setbacks. I've had a lot of abusive relationships. So. I understand exactly what you're saying. And, you know, the reason I said they're not all bad is because I get very irritated when people associate people who have been in prison with movies that they watch. And they always show that, you know, the inmates... Are... I worked for a prison. Some of the inmates in there, I became very close to. They became friends of mine. Like they, like you said, they, they made a bad choice. Or maybe they didn't know in your case. You had no idea. And so... I, I like this as a way of telling people: don't judge until you have all the facts, or that you've walked in the other person's shoes. So, I'm and I
1: always, I always take it to the next step. Actually, I love that comment because I because I view it different. I, I, I view it the same way, but I take it to the next level. I say that I don't judge anybody because. Uh, of what you just said, we have no idea what's going on in people's lives. We have no idea the experiences. Uh, it's the same and true. If you teach in a yoga class, there's a lot of parallels there. And I always say, look, the only person that should be judging is the judge. And in my case, the judge felt that I had committed a crime. And look, I disagree with him. I strongly disagree with him, but I have to respect that that's his job. So he, he took what he thought were the facts and everything else. And he made it, he made a judgment, right. And that judgment had implications to me, but that is his job where it's more difficult is, or harder to, to accept is when people don't have all the facts or they're, you know, there's innuendos and they're, they're, they're judging without a full understanding of what's really happening uh, externally or, or probably more important, what's happening internally with the people they're judging. So, um, but I try not to, I, I make it a point not to judge people if I
0: can. Oh, I, I'm glad that you said that because that's me. Um, I always tell people that don't judge. It, again, you don't have all the facts. You don't know. And even, you're right. Even if you do have all the facts and they are guilty, you still don't judge. Because my thing is, if people are making positive changes, they're learning from it. It's the people who continually make the mistakes, as you talked earlier about. There are some people who are incarcerated that choose to keep making bad choices. They're not all good. They're not all bad. We're not all good, not all bad. There's that same situation in life in every aspect. So I, I really like that. I want to jump a little bit um, to make sure we get it in. But you talked about the Buddha monastery. Can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: So there's two things I would say about that. Uh one is it was a, a certainly a time for uh self-reflection. Um I actually stayed there uh and participated. Uh, I'm not a Buddhist by by religion or anything like that, but uh I had a chance to practice in the monastery there, the early morning practice and uh, the mantras and the uh, quietness, but also the the community of everybody chips in. You know, I was there as a visitor, but I had to wash the dishes, I had to help cook meals. I had to be part of the community uh, for my time there. And it was really, I think, pretty deep in, in getting a sense of of who you are as a person and the connection that we all share, uh, even though we might have all different life experiences or or have different come from different parts of the world. Um, that the commonality. And I think the the other piece that really stuck with me, it's also a, a, an element of yoga, is that we, we don't be tied to our action, the outcome of our action. So when we, when we take action, um, we're not doing it like, in fact, I don't use the word help. I try not to use the word help. It's more serving, particularly with the nonprofit. We don't help anybody. We serve them and they have to help themselves. And I think the idea that if we, we, we can have that idea of serving, then it allows us not to be attached to the outcomes of, of what we would have. Because if we think we're gonna help somebody, we give them all this advice, and they choose not to, to, to take your advice, then we feel like de- de- defeated, or we get, we get mad at that person. And the, the, the approach that I learned was, no, we're just serving them, okay? We can provide this, and we can't be attached whether they accept these guidance or not. That's not, that's their, that's their journey. And that that really helped clarify that for me that we're, we're not helping anybody. We can hear only here to serve because also for helping people, it's almost a power dynamic that if I'm helping you, then I'm somehow better than you or I have some kind of control over you or there's some kind of power authority going on. So that was one of the big takeaways that, that we take within our nonprofit when we serve others that we provide these tools and it's up to the individual to decide if that resonates with them if they want to do that work and and we don't judge them if they if, if they choose not to.
0: I love that um, i'm I'm really into mindfulness and yoga and all all of meditation and things like that. I always talk about the foundation of your mental home. you know we know our physical home, but our mental foundation is that you know that quiet meditation, it's journaling and gratitude and present affirmations but The meditation part, I find learning how to effectively do it helps you stay calm in a tough situation or helps turn a negative to a positive. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, of course. That's that's a big piece of it. I think the the idea behind all that is quite simple, although it's not always easy to meditate, but the idea is to to generate uh, a pause between stimulus and reaction, and the meditation process helps to um, maybe expand that pause so we don't necessarily react to all the stimulus that comes our way. And sometimes that reaction it, it can trigger things in our nervous system where we, we go to fight and flight mode and we say things or do things we might uh, regret down the road. So the meditation is is a really important element of it to be able to provide that space so we can we can have these stimulus c- comes in, whether it's disappointments of job or, or relationships, and, and take that in in a, in a somewhat a rational way so we can learn from that and decide what what my next steps rather than being irrational and saying, I'm going to respond, you know, lash out a certain way, which doesn't serve you or, and of course, doesn't serve anybody else.
0: Um, you talked a lot about like your nonprofit and whatnot, but you also said that you work with corporate clients, correct?
1: I do. Correct.
0: How, how would you help? someone in the corporate arena. Let's say someone's listening. I have a lot of corporate people that listen. What are some things that you would help a corporate person with? There
1: are two areas I would say. One would be um, what happens when you realize, I mentioned at the beginning, I, I felt like I spent years, decades, climbing the corporate ladder. And then I got to the top of the ladder and I realized it's the wrong ladder. <laughs> It's not really what I wanted to be. Now, over the time, I, I had a very fulfilling, very motivated job. So I think, in in order for it to be successful, you need to have a position uh, where you have the passion and the opportunity, and those two, and then maybe a little bit of luck. Those two, those have to come together. But at some point, if you find yourself drifting and that you no longer have that passion, but you feel like, well, I've got this, I've got the perks of this job, I've got these responsibilities, we're reluctant to make that change. So, so one area would be trying to identify if you. Climb that corporate ladder and you realize, oh my gosh, this is the wrong ladder. I wish I was doing something else, but I have—I don't have the uh, fortitude to make that change because it might, you know, whatever, your ego or, or how the society might look at that. That would be the first thing. And then the second thing is this idea of what it is to be a responsible corporate officer and meaning that you have a responsibility to your company for sure. And of course, profits are always out there, but how can you manage these objectives and still uh, be responsible to your employees. Be responsible to your family. Be responsible to your community. How do you make difficult business decisions like closing a factory or we're in the middle of all these layoffs now furloughs? How do we handle that in a way that respects the individuals who are affected by that? And there's a way to do that and, and, you know, to have the sleep test so you can make these difficult decisions. And still feel like you haven't sold your soul, and you and you you feel like you still have maintained your your internal integrity. Those are the kinds of things I like to work with uh, business people and executives.
0: I wish I would have known you years ago. I spent years climbing that corporate ladder and doing a business on the side. I've always known that I was entrepreneurial, and so I would start businesses on the side plus raise my kids. And it was I found myself in a job where, like you said, I got to the the top position that I could go, and I was making a lot of money, and I was miserable. I hated it, so I I quit and I opened a restaurant that I knew nothing about, and I, I was very successful at that, and I've actually owned three of them, and I've done very, very well. But if I would have had someone like you to help and guide me and put the right things into place, I think that the transition would have been a lot, a lot better. <laughs> so. the,
1: only thing, the only thing I add to that is that I, I, didn't, I didn't get there uh, right away, and it took me going to prison to, to understand that, hey, you know, the universe was sending me Signals along the way, I, there was I was a growing sense of unhappiness. I was losing my passion that was so important for uh, that position. Um, but I but I stuck with it. And going to prison, it, it was like a wake up call. And so I guess my my message is when I try to relate it to people, you don't have to go to prison, or you don't have to have some traumatic thing happen to you to to, to realize when it's time to make a change. And I think that's hopefully the message that I can uh, convey to people who are going through challenging times or internal search for for their own personal meaning.
0: Well, I think your story is fabulous. And I, I hope that you will come back on again, because I know that there's so many other things I would love to talk to you about, and I'm sure our listeners are going to absolutely love it. So can you just take a moment to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you?
1: There's several ways to do it. Of course, my website, you can contact me through the website. It's very simple. It's mdhuggins, scom So it's mdhuggins.com. Uh, lots of information there, uh, both on the community and business side of things. I also, uh, mentioned about the book. It's called Going Om, O-M, like Om, uh, Going Om, A CEO Self-Discovery Behind Bars. And there's a website for that. It's simply goingombook.com. And certainly email me anytime you'd like. It's easy. It's Mike at mdhuggins.com I'm, I'm very accessible and love to talk to people and reach out and, and uh, find find a connection
0: well it's been um, a pleasure having you and if anybody listening out there has any difficulty getting in touch with them you definitely know how to get in touch with me um, my website is lifecoachingandbeyond.com and um, all my information is there as well so thank you so much for listening to the revolutionized podcast and thank you Mike for being a guest
1: thank you so much Peggy.
0: have a great day